Welcome to the Iowa Nature Notes podcast, your link to the outdoors, brought to you by Lake Iowa Nature Center and Iowa County Conservation Board. We're host Chris and Mary, and today is December 1st, and uh, solstice is going to be happening this month, the official start of winter. When is the solstice, Mary? Well, the solstice is on December 21st this month. Is it on December 21st every year? No, it actually can vary um, from uh, just slightly. Um, sometimes it could be on the 20th or even sometimes on the 22nd. But it's always right around the... Usually in my experience, if someone asks me when a solstice is, it's usually around the 21st of either the summer solstice or the winter solstice. Usually it seems to be around the 21st of June or December. Yes. So so the solstice is different from the equinox in that uh, the solstice, it, it's unbalanced. Part of your day is the, the sunlight hours of the day are different from the dark hours of the day versus an equinox. If you think the, the, the suffix of equinox is equal... So, the day, your equinox, your spring and fall equinox, your days are 12 hours of sunlight and 12 hours of dark. And then your solstice, your, in the winter solstice, you have more hours of darkness than you do daylight. So, that's the difference. And I think it's 9 hours of daylight, 15 hours of dark. That adds up 24. So, yeah. That is the difference between a solstice and an equinox. Do you know any other fun facts about the solstice? Sure, specifically for this year, for us who live here in Iowa County, um, the sunrise on the winter solstice will come up at 7.33 a.m. And then the sun will set at 4.41 a.m. this year. Do you like this time of year, Mary? You know, I actually prefer the summertime because I love sunlight and I love to be outside and we have much longer days in the summer for me to enjoy. I I enjoy the summer, but I also really enjoy fall and winter. Um, I put out a lot of BTUs. I, I am a very high temperature person. And so I really like the colder weather. I feel a lot, more, a lot more comfortable when it is cooler. And I also enjoy hunting, and this is the time of year for hunting. So, But I do enjoy the summer. But I think this probably is my favorite time of year. I just feel more comfortable as a human being when the temperatures are lower. And I know I am probably an anomaly in that and many other things. Um, So do you know, fun fact for me, that while it's colder in the winter and at the solstice, generally colder, we're closer to the sun than we are in the summertime. I did know that. We are close, the earth is closer to the sun, but our hemisphere, the northern hemisphere, is further away because the earth tilts to 
a 23.5 degrees uh, on its axis. That is a scientific fact. So closer to the sun, but colder up here, warmer in South America and Australia and Africa and Southern Asia and everywhere south of the equator. Yeah, you would think that it would kind of be the opposite of that because we are, you know, not farther away from the sun because we're the closest, it would be warmer. That's a really interesting fact. It is. Yeah, so I did a little research into uh, the solstice while I was getting ready for this podcast, and I learned that there were solar observatories, places where the angle of the sun was observed, dating back thousands of years. Uh, uh, the, the most famous one that comes to mind is not in North America. Um, it, it's in England. It's called Stonehenge. Have you heard of Stonehenge? I have. Yep, Stonehenge, the lot rocks line up with the sol- uh, for sure the solstice. I did not look, look into whether it had anything to do with the equinox. I was just looking for words that said solstice this time. Mm-hmm. But there are also sites all over North America that have to do with the, uh, the angle of the sun and its relationship to sites in North America. Um, there are some in the Northeast, uh, New England area. Um, there's a number of mounds, in uh, Native American burial mounds in Ohio and in Indiana that have to do with the solstice. The closest area to us that I could find was Cahokia Mounds in Illinois, which is just across the river uh, from St. Louis in Missouri, across the river and upstream, I think about 12 or 15 miles. Um, There was a big observatory there. I I imagine it had something to do with uh, uh, their calendar. Um, changing of the seasons. I mean, people, peoples from all over the world, prehistoric peoples, paid a lot of attention to the the night sky and, and the daytime sky because I mean, your life depended on the sun. So I think they were probably generally more observant than we are. Um, and they didn't have calendars. They didn't have. We we're on the. Did you know? Do you know the name of the calendar that we use, Mary? No, what is the name of the calendar we use? The Georgian calendar. Started in the 16th century, if I remember correctly, named after uh, the Pope at that time. And his name had something to do with George. I don't think it was Pope George. <laughs> but it was something along those lines, and that's why we used the Georgian calendar. Um, so, But they didn't have the Georgian calendar, the calendar that you and I use day to day. So they would have had to pay more close attention to the sky to figure out when is it going to start to warm up. So, um, And then there's a lot more of the sites in uh, the desert southwest. Um, Chaco Canyon in New Mexico has a number of them. Uh, but then there's a bunch of what are called medicine wheels in the northwest part of the United States. Um, the biggest one is in Wyoming, but they go all the way up into Alberta, Canada. And if I remember correctly, there were around 66 of these medicine wheels 
um, in the Intermountain West, uh, mostly on the Rocky Mountain side. So what is a medicine wheel? Well, they're called a medicine wheel because they look like a giant wagon wheel. Uh, stones laid out on the ground, uh, not very large stones. In the pictures, they look to be mostly about football size to softball size, uh, laid out in a circle, uh, and then spokes running inward. And those spokes line up with the line of the sun at different types of year. Um, and I would imagine that the name medicine wheel is, um, probably a European construct, um, in the fact that it says wheel. I mean, the wheel was unknown in North America until, um, colonization and, uh, medicine was just the generic term that, uh, Europeans assigned to, um, Aspects of native religion, I'll say. So, okay. interesting. Um, yeah. And how exactly they were used, uh, um, not 100% sure, but they, you know, probably similar to peoples all over the world. You need to know when, when to plant your crops or when the wildlife are going to be moving. So, you, you know, it's important, you can, it's important to know the time of, time of day, time of year. Mm-hmm. One thing that I thought about while I was researching this is our concept of time. Our concept of time in the modern age is we're more worried about minutes with, with watches. And, and, and time, as far as watches, is a relatively new construct. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a human construct. And it wasn't even that long ago that you wouldn't have been worried about what minute of the day it was. Like when my grandfather was young, like you got up when the sun came up and he went to bed and when it got dark, he didn't really, you know, not everyone had a watch. And when you got hungry, you ate. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it some got me thinking about things like that. How for wildlife, it's, they don't know what time of day it is. Then, mm-hmm. uh, they don't even know, you know, they don't know it's December to them. That's a completely human construct. Does that matter? Getting a bit philosophical now. Um, one thing I looked for, I was surprised that I couldn't find, I couldn't find any, like, simple scientific experiments that you could do with kids on, during the solstice. I thought it'd be a fun mm-hmm. thing to mention, but I, I didn't really find anything. The one thing I found was, uh, to put a, like a stick in the ground or, or, or find a tree or something or a fence post and have kids the week of the solstice mark the where the tip of the shadow was at noon with a, with a stone or something um, for the week prior to the solstice and the week after the solstice and see how that changed if there was a a, a enough of a change that you would see the difference but did did you come across anything have you ever done anything um so that to me sounds a little bit similar to like a sundial yeah um, and that kind of thing and i've done things like that before Mm -hmm. so So anything else about the solstice that you want to share Hmm. well um I do know that there are cultures, um, you know, 
here in North America and also around the world that will have big celebrations around the winter solstice time. So they'll have, you know, meals and they'll feast and um, celebrate. Are there any cultures that you know of that have certain kinds of celebrations? Uh, yeah, uh, my family, my ancestors are from Scandinavia. And, uh, you know, a lot of my ancestors are from north of the Arctic Circle. Hence, I like cold weather. Um, and there, uh, traditionally this time of year, you'd celebrate what was called Yule. Um, it's now associated with Christmas. But uh, um, it was a time to celebrate the, the sun starting to come back. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, there's cultures all over the world, and Yule was celebrated all over Northern Europe. I know it's it's a Germanic, an Anglo-Saxon thing. So uh, I'm sure there's other cultures there, and and be interesting to study how they you know I, is it is our solstice and equinox in the southern hemisphere? I would imagine it is. That would be their yeah. midpoint. Mm-hmm. Huh. So be they, they they must celebrate it in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine it being as big a change in Brazil as it is here, because mm-hmm. they don't have snow. So true. How is the how is the solstice going to affect Lake Iowa Park? Well, and um... its inhabitants. <laughs> so. Do you mean wildlife here sure. at Lake, Lake Iowa Park? So right now, of course, our days are starting or are, are have been getting shorter. Um, and once we hit that solstice, they'll start to get a little bit longer steadily. Um, there are We've had a pretty mild winter so far, so there's still a lot of animal activity. Um, but if it does, if we do... <laughs> you know, get some, some cold and some snow and some different things like that, then we probably won't see as much wildlife out and about in the park. So. Technically, we haven't had winter yet. That's true. That's We've true. had a mild fall. We have a, have it, a very so mild fall. Winter starts December 21st. Mm-hmm. Uh, when does winter start for you? Um, whenever we get our first snow. <laughs> really. So winter hasn't started yet. No, it hasn't. Yeah. Animals have been preparing for a while, yeah, though. Yeah, though. they have. If they're not prepared by now, yeah. <laughs> they probably won't be around in the spring. Exactly. Um. Well, what are, we, what are you doing to prepare? What, what is going on at the Nature Center here at Lake Iowa? Sure, yeah. Um, so... Later this month, uh, December 27th, we are going to be having a fun program. It's called Winter Break Fun. So after Christmas and maybe the new toys have already lost their, you know, their appeal, um, we want to encourage people to get outside and enjoy nature. Um, If we have snow at that time, we'll be doing some snowshoeing. Um, and some winter animal tracking. We'll go out to our bird blind to observe some birds. Um, If we don't have snow, we'll still have lots of fun activities to do, as well as some 
um, activities inside the nature center here. Um, if it's too cold, come and warm up with uh, some hot cocoa and some other things inside here. So if you and your family are interested in that, you can um, shoot me an email or give us a call and let us know that you would like to stop by that day. And I'll make sure to add uh, our website and mm -hmm. Mary's email to the show notes so people can get you know they can just click on your email mm -hmm. and 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 contact you and you prefer email over I do prefer email just because it comes directly to me and if it, if you were to call and another staff member to answer they might not know what's going on that day so and the email is also yeah. as a former naturalist email <laughs> is trackable you can go yes. back and and double check to make sure you have all the names yep. so yeah um can they find any information out on Facebook? Sure, yes. Um, so if you go to, we have two Facebook pages, either Lake Iowa Park or Iowa County Conservation. There's an event for that on there. Or you can go to our website, which is iowacountyconservation.org. All right. Is is that the only thing we have going on this winter, or do we have more things? We definitely do have more things. Um, we have just come up with our winter schedule into early spring, so you can find those on our website and Facebook pages as well. And we'll probably cover those in more detail. But I just, like a teaser we have, I know we have a, a gentleman coming to do a presentation on uh, the Grand Canyon in January. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, a gentleman from uh, an, uh, an Iowa County native. Uh, who hiked from rim to rim in the Grand Canyon. And then uh, a former boss of mine, Vern Fish, is going to be coming in February. Correct. To do two presentations mm -hmm. about canoeing rivers in Canada. And uh, I know one of the presentations about a trip that Vern took um, where a, 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 an Iowa... A person from Iowa's past, who we probably should all know but don't, uh, paddled, uh, a, a very important conservationist. And, and then the other presentation he's going to do is a, a trip that he's been trying to plug for slightly more advanced paddlers who would like to go someplace more exotic. Not that Canada is terribly exotic, but compared to Iowa, it's a whitewater trip, which you can't really, there's not much whitewater in Iowa. So it's a low-cost trip that a moderately good paddler can do. Um, and even if you're not into paddling, uh, be an armchair adventurist and come on out and listen to those talks. So that's what I'm aware of, and I'm mm -hmm. sure you're aware of more. Is there anything? Sure. Um, we will actually be having an owl prowl um, coming up in uh, early March. Um, so we'll have a live owl here for a presentation and then we will actually venture outside in the evening and go out and call some owls that live here at Lake Iowa Park. We will also be having a maple sugaring uh, program. Um, we're going to have a presentation on how to tap maple trees and how to make your own maple syrup as well as some brunch food. So we'll have pancakes and a few other things for you to sample some of that maple syrup with. So. Have you ever made maple syrup, Mary? I have not personally made maple syrup. We're having um, a naturalist, actually our neighbor, Emily Klein, come over, and um, she's made quite a bit of it. Mm -hmm. So, 
she puts on a really good presentation. It is a fun process. It's my one of my favorite times of year is maple syruping season. Mm-hmm. My family and I have made maple syrup for the past five years, probably four or five mm-hmm. years. And uh, the highlight, one of the highlights of my year, there's so many highlights that I can't name them all, but that's one of the high, one of them. All right. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Not that I can think of. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to our second Iowa Nature Notes podcast. Uh, your link to the outdoors brought to you by Lake Iowa Nature Center and Iowa County Conservation Board. We'll see you next time. Thank you.